the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're so glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministry is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer for you today is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God designed you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. Last week we talked about Ephesians 4.10 and we're moving into Ephesians 4.11 where he speaks about the gifts that he gave forth. And these gifts were given, remember, in, in the earlier part of Ephesians where Jesus comes in this triumphant parade through the center of heaven, having released the captives. He marches down the center of heaven's road and he makes a big proclamation that he has overcome, that he is the victor, that the captives are no longer captives because captivity is now banished. We're only captive when we choose to be child of God. We've been set free by Him. And at that point in time, when He came down that center of heaven, He started giving out gifts. Now, the picture here is Jesus handing out gifts to, to the people that are there in the middle of this triumphant entry. But what Jesus is actually giving out, what He's actually giving out is gifts to His people gifts to his children, gifts to us. And what are these gifts in the form of? Look at verse 11, 411. He says, and his gifts were varied. And what were they? They were varied. He himself appointed and gave men to us. Some to be apostles, special messengers, some prophets, some inspired preachers and its founders, some evangelists, preachers of the gospel, traveling missionaries, some pastors, shepherds of his flock, and teachers. Now, he gave them out at this time because remember, he is now, he has come out from, he went to the very depths of the depths and he came up into the highest point of heaven. He has proclaimed his victory. He has proclaimed that he has taken captive death and captivity, that he has reigned over sin. He's given forth the gifts and he gives forth the gifts at this particular time. Why at this particular time? Well, he answers in John 14:26, and Jesus is talking to his disciples and he says that the comforter, the counselor, the helper, the intercessor, the advocate, the strengthener, the standby, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name, in my place to represent me and act on my behalf, he will teach you all things and he will cause you to recall and will bring to remembrance everything that I have taught you. And what is going 
going on here. It's the gifts that Jesus is giving is the Spirit of God as the Spirit of God manifests Christ's life through the lives of men to feed and nurture and grow the body of Christ. That's what's happening here. Now, why is he going to all this trouble? Why is he doing it? If the goal was just to get us into heaven, folks, he could have done that right after he rose from the dead. He could have done it. He could have done it the moment you received him. You could have gone to heaven the minute you said yes to Jesus. If the goal was to get us into heaven, that's not the end game. We're here for a bigger purpose. We're going to go to heaven one day, and that will be great and wonderful. But the goal for him was to take away everything that would inhibit our relationship with him. And what inhibited our relationship with him? Wasn't it sin? It was. It Wasn't it a sinful nature? It was. And God removed us, and he gave us a new nature in Christ, and he made us new creations in Christ, so that he had a child that he not only could accept, but that he could embrace, that he could love. Okay? So when you see him giving these gifts, understand what he's doing. He has just brought salvation to all of his children. He has just, through his resurrection, made new creations of all those who would receive him. And now, what is he doing? He is putting forth gifts to those children to bring them into the truth of all that he has done for them. That's what these guys are about. Every one of these guys, ministers, evangelists, prophets, and apostles themselves, are all about ministering the truth of Christ. Every one of them. These are the gifts of ministry. And what God has done, He didn't have to do, but what God has done is He has given us men who are gifted by the power of the Spirit of God to illustrate the truth of God all around us. That's what pastors and ministers and prophets and, and teachers and its founders and evangelists are about. He sends the Holy Spirit to fill all who would receive him with his life. And remember in verse 10 that, the, that he, his presence, might fill all things, the whole universe, from the lowest to the highest, in order that his sheep might be affirmed in the truth and grow in their ability to experience intimacy with him. He calls out men from among us to give distinctive expression of his truth, that we may be renewed, strengthened, protected by that word of truth that the Spirit of God brings through these offices. Now listen, this is very important for you guys to realize, especially those of us who have been in church a long time. The purpose of you coming here and the purpose of me standing up here is to present and to allow you to receive truth from Him. Now I am not the truth, but Jesus is the truth. And the truth is in you. But you live life on a day-to-day basis and a moment-by-moment basis and you tend to shove truth over in the corner and you live like it isn't there a lot of times. But you come here, God has appointed ministers of every size and shape that they may be expounding and releasing and revealing the truth of Jesus. That's what it's about. That you might grow. You see, going to church doesn't make you a Christian. Going to church doesn't make you holy. Going to church doesn't make you spiritual. Going to church doesn't really do anything but give you a warm spot to sit in. 
It's what you open yourself to and yield to when you're here. You see, I don't have any special wisdom. But the Spirit of God has, has taken men of God and He gives them a word to His people. And as you receive that word, that word is not exposing you to anything new as a Christian. It is revealing the truth that is already in you. Do you understand that? When I tell you something and it strikes home with you and inside you, you hear an amen and you say, that, wow, that's great. I'm not, I'm not planting anything in you. I'm not giving you anything new. What I am doing is I am allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to the truth within you and He is revealing what's already there. When I say to you, Jesus is Lord, it didn't make Jesus Lord. But everything in you says amen, doesn't it? Because Jesus is Lord. It speaks to the truth within you. Understand the position of a pastor, of a minister, and of a shepherd. He is to reveal the truth in you. What, for what purpose? That you may grow in that truth. Not in a program. Not in a church membership. But in Him. That you may grow in relationship with Him. That Christians begin to understand what this whole Christianity thing is about. These are gifts given of the Spirit of God, not of merit, but by the will of God for His purpose. These are men appointed by Jesus Christ Himself. They are selected not because they are special or unique. Remember when Jesus selected His disciples, He didn't go to the temple schools for the brightest scholar. He's picked simple, everyday men who were discounted by the social elite. He went and picked men that nobody would pay any attention to in terms of their stature. He went to the weak. He went to those who would be disabled socially to some degree. He went to those who would would be of no account to the world. And he says, it is the weakest of these that best illustrate the truth of my salvation. It is the weakest of these that will yield to who I am. It's not the one who thinks he's got it going on, the spiritual elite, the guy that's got all of the scriptures memorized and can stand and quote it to you in the Greek. It's the simple man who says, all I know is Jesus and Him crucified. All I know is Jesus and He is my salvation. It's the simple man that says, when I was weak, He was my strength. When I was broken, He healed me. When I had nothing on this earth, He brought me hope and life. That's the Jesus I I know. It may not know him in Greek, but I know him in life. It's that man. It's that man that Jesus embraced. That man who was hungry for his words. That man who was eager to find life and received life from Christ. He didn't go to the special people. The only social or, or spiritual elite guy he ever talked to was Paul. You remember Paul? He was trained. He was trained by the Pharisees. He was a Pharisee of Pharisees. He had it all together. Trained. Knew everything there was to know about being a Jew. God called him and said, You're going to the Gentiles. <laughs> so all that stuff you know about the Jews, that's great and wonderful. But you, what you want to know is me. And I'm going to minister through you to a people you have despised all these years. I'm going to love through you. I'm going to heal through you. And you know what? 
Aren't you glad that Jesus is for the weak? Aren't you glad Jesus is for the for the poor? Poor in spirit, the mourning. Aren't you glad that Jesus is He doesn't just go to those who are who are strong and eloquent and, and can do it all well? He goes to the, the feeble and the incompetent, the ones that stumble over their own feet, and he says, Here I have life for you. And I don't just have life unto salvation one day in heaven. I have life unto salvation moment by moment by moment, day by day by day. It's relationship. It's intimacy. He has given himself to me. I have a God that makes my life worth living who has given me life and purpose and hope and joy and peace and all of those things that make life worth living. I leave nothing, I take nothing from this earth, but everything that is precious, God has put into eternity for me. These men were appointed by Jesus and they had only one criteria. Every one of them came from a different background. All they needed to do was say yes all they needed to do was to yield says he appointed and gave some to be apostles the qualification for apostles as they were given in acts were to be chosen by Jesus himself a party to his life and a witness to the resurrection apostles he gave some to be apostles and these were the men of God that followed Jesus and that he used to build the church. The apostles through the Spirit of God were empowered to build the church. Remember Ephesians 2.20? He says, You are built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Christ himself as the chief cornerstone. Remember what we said about that? That everything that's built upon the building is built in relationship to the cornerstone. It must all adjust itself to that in order to be true and level. The cornerstone being Jesus. It also says that he gave some to be prophets, inspired preachers and its founders, coming from the word, the Greek word prophetess, which means to foretell, means to speak forth beforehand. And a prophet was an inspired speaker who spoke directly from what God put upon his heart. Now there were two levels of prophets. In the old days, in the time of the building of the church, there were these prophets that came forth with the word of God from God and spoke it directly to the people of God. But prophet also can mean messenger. In this day and time, we have prophets that come forth and speak and speak with power, but they speak the truth of God as the truth of God is declared in his word. They don't add to it. You all understand the difference? And he gave some to be prophets. And in Acts, an example of that was in Acts 11, 27 and 28. He said, In those days, inspired teachers and interpreters of the divine will and purpose came down to Jerusalem and Antioch, and one of them named Agabus stood before them and prophesied through the Holy Spirit that a great and severe famine would come upon the whole world. And this did occur. Now, this is like the apostolic gifting. I don't believe it's an active gift. I believe it occurred simply during the time of the building of the church. He gave some to be evangelists, preachers of the gospel. And listen, there is a gift of evangelism. Okay? 
And there are people that are gifted with this. And you will see them. They can speak to the random person in McDonald's. And before you know it, they've got everybody in the whole place praying the sinner's prayer. They're just, they're just gifted. Okay? The Spirit of God uses them mightily in this way. And preachers will be quick to tell you that that is no excuse for you not to share the gospel. Okay? Well, I'm going to tell you, the truth is, they're right. But I want to tell you how you share the gospel. The greatest way to share the gospel is through His life. Allow His life to be seen. Allow His life to come forth. Yield to the truth of His life in you. And the gospel will be shared. Jesus had to simply walk into a room and people knew the difference. And He's in you. He's in you. Now some were given to be pastors, shepherds of his flock and teachers. Now you'll notice that those two are grouped together. And the reason they're grouped together is because all pastors should be teachers. But not all teachers are pastors. Do you understand that? All pastors should teach. Because as I'm getting to, the truth of what pastors should be doing, the truth of what church is about requires them to continually immerse his flock or the flock of the Lord in the truth of the word so that they are growing into the truth of who they are. Do you hear that? The word means to shepherd a flock of sheep or literally one who, who herds the sheep and tends the flock as a shepherd. This again is the work of the Holy Spirit uh, through a yielded life. We don't gather to hear a man or to be led by a man, but we gather to hear our Father and to be led by Him. 2 Corinthians 3.5, Paul is speaking about his, his ability as a pastor and our preacher, and he says, Not that we are fit, qualified, and sufficient in ability of ourselves to form personal judgments or to claim or count anything as coming from us. But our power and ability and sufficiency are from God. Do you understand that about the pastor, the man of God? If you're hearing him, then you're probably wasting time. But if you can hear Jesus and what he says, then you're in the right place. If Christ is ministered to you, if you hear the word of truth in your spirit, if you're growing in that, then the pastor is doing what the pastor should be doing. But if you're being entertained, and that's all you're being, then you could probably do just as well to go to the ice capades. Some pastors are not shepherding their flock, they're entertaining their flock. To be faithful to always express the heart of the true shepherd in love is what the true purpose of the pastor is. Notice that every one of these ministries are bringing forth the word of the Lord. They are messengers. Do you understand the fact that Jesus was a messenger? In John 5.30, he says, I am able to do nothing. This is Jesus speaking. I am able to do nothing from myself independently on my own accord, but only as I am taught by God, as I get his orders, even as I hear, I judge, I decide as I am bidden to decide, as the voice comes to me, so I give a decision. Do you understand this is, what he is saying is, I hear from God and that's what I move on. Now this is Jesus speaking. Do you think you're better? (laughs) What do you move on? 
He says, as I hear from him, my judgment, as I hear from him, and my judgment is right, just, righteous, because I do not seek or consult my own will. I have no desire to do what is pleasing to myself, my own aim, my own purpose, but only the will and the pleasure of the Father who sent me. I have no agenda for myself. That's what he's saying. What is the greatest prayer you can pray? Thy will be done. You take every one of the issues that you're facing today. Can you lift it up to Him and say, Thy will be done? Have you been wronged? Have you been hurt? Has somebody ill-used you? Can you lift that up to Him and say, Thy will be done? Have you been rejected? Do you feel like you need recompense? You need some kind of payback? Can you lift it up to Him and say, Thy will be done? Do you feel like you need more? Are you running short? Do you feel like you're in poverty? Or do you feel like you're, you're losing? Can you lift up your situation to Him and say, Thy will be done? Because listen, child of God, His will is what is best for you. It's what suits you. It is true life to you. Do you understand that? Your will is not life. His will is life. Does that make sense to you? You know, the biggest problems we run into is when we think we know what's in our best interest. When we think we know what suits us best. When we think we know how God could best bless us. Heard that one before? So we find all kinds of ways to try to manipulate and move God into our way of thinking. We pray every prayer known to man, Jabez included. Trying to get God to move our direction. But here's the truth of the matter. We need to get in His park, not get Him in ours. We need to turn around and say to Him, Father, Thy will be done. And you know what? If His will is unemployment, I've been there. And listen, nothing touches your life unless the Lord allows it. And that includes unemployment, and that includes cancer, and that includes death, and that includes sickness, and that includes pain, and that includes rejection, and that includes all of those things that many people will tell you it's not the will of God. But let me tell you something, people. My God is sovereign, and if God doesn't want it, it doesn't happen. I'm not saying that He wills pain. I'm telling you that we live in a sick, sin-filled world where pain occurs and He allows what He could stop, what He could prevent. And He allows it for a purpose because it was when I was in pain that I fell on my knees and said, I need a God. Because it was when I was without that I fell on my knees and said, Lord, I need provision. And He said, I am. I said, I need hope. And he said, I am. And I said, I need help. And he said, I am. He is the I am. Say, thy will be done. And he'll be your I am. It's the greatest prayer you can pray. And Jesus prayed it. Jesus personified it. He was a messenger. He didn't come here with a with a giving us a program he gave us a truth of life that he was the way he was the truth he is the way he is the truth and he is the life thy will be done every one of these 
these positions are exhortations of the Word of God where He gives forth. These, these men of God give forth the Word of God. Second Timothy 3, 16 and 17. Boy, I've heard this one abused so many times. But I'm going to tell you that there is truth here. Every scripture is God-breathed, given by His inspiration. It means it has to be inspired of Him to be worth anything. And profitable for instruction, for reproof, and conviction of sin, for correction of error, and discipline in obedience, and for training in righteousness and holy living, in conformity to God's will in thought, purpose, and action, so that the man of God may be complete and proficient well-fitted and thoroughly equipped for every good work. Who? So that who? The man of God. What we're talking about here in this verse is that we are talking about training in righteousness. The man of God is righteous in his sight. He's not talking about becoming righteous. He's talking about being trained in the truth of your righteousness through the Spirit of God, through the Word of God. Thank you for joining us today for His Life Revealed, the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship. We hope today's message has encouraged you to yield to His life in every situation. Rest in His life, moment by moment, and receive from His life all that you need to show Christ in this world. To get to know us better, visit us on the web at hislifefellowship.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. And join us for worship services on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 7015 Wurzbach Road. If this message has blessed you, you can help support this program with your gift to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 781-529, San Antonio, Texas, 78278. And now, before we go, our prayer for you this coming week is that the image of the invisible God would be visible in you and that you would remember that wherever you go, whatever you do, the hope of glory is Christ in you. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.